Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning! Up and at him! It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! With Walker and Roush. We are two wild and crazy guys! Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you. November 16th, 2021. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and we've got Justin Kalen, our producer, on your Tuesday morning. Hope you're having a great start. Thanks for tuning in. we got a lot to get to. It's a game day edition, Nick Roush, of KRC here on the Big X. Just like that, we are back. Another game day. It's a quick turnaround. These days, quick turnaround. Uh, you know who's not quick on the turnarounds? Who's that? Our friends from Las Vegas. Yeah, I you're was, really. You, this is like your. This is your thing uh, that's really bothering you. Weirdly, who cares? Well, part of the caring is that's like an easy post to write on KentuckySportsRadio.com. So, like, some of it's the job, but also like it was ten o'clock. It was uh, when? Why? Why wait? What is going to happen between? Seven o'clock last night, which is twenty-four hours before the game, and then seven a.m. this morning, which is now twenty-four and a half. Nothing, absolutely nothing, was going to happen in that time frame to change what you were going to put the line on the game. Why wait? Like it's so. But my guess, my guess is, it. you wrote an entire post. The only thing you left out was the number. You never got the number, and you're mad that you wasted time with a post that you didn't get to put published no i actually did like i knew that they like they're bad about it so i didn't even do that i was just i was waiting to write it and i like i had the morning post this morning i did leave that part empty but it's just like come on like what if because there was a part of me if the line would have been out early enough i was going to go to uh, across the river on my way home last night and bet against louisville i guess that turned out for the best because the cards uh, covered against um our our nation's naval forces um but i you know that I, I i just don't understand the apprehension to release early lines for college basketball don't you want more people to bet it no they they just don't want to put out some number that they don't feel good about and then get crushed yeah i just don't know why like i i, I wish i could understand the logic like what's the difference between one days and two days when most times you don't get any sort of media thing, anything the day of the game or like the night before. So I, I just I just don't understand it. And it would make me care a lot more about college basketball. Like that's it's sad for that me to make that statement. But like it would have been cool if I was going over to make NFL bets Sunday morning and I could have seen the line for uh, Illinois Marquette because that was a great game. Could have put a little, you know, not not just, you know, a little something to keep my interest and uh for some reason they just don't i i, I don't know why but uh, i wish they would i wish they would that was a great game by the way did you, did you happen to pop that on for any of it no i was watching the uval game I, I by the time i tried to turn it on when i've seen everybody talking about illinois collapse it was already over at that point but yeah i yeah I, I think in basketball and nfl and college football you know you're getting millions and millions and millions on each line and if a bunch of money comes in one way, you can adjust it half a point, a full point, and it's going to balance itself out one way or another. College basketball, I guess. They just so worry. Niche. 
Yeah, you get to get a game where somebody's got the inside track. The the, the line's been out for a few days. Somebody starts poking around. Star player hurt. This game only has $10,000 bet on it across the country. All of a sudden, $2 million come in on this line. They can't adjust the line fast enough to be able to kind of cover their butts there, and they may not get enough money on the other side once they do adjust the line where they're not – leaving themselves out to dry in a major way. That'd be my guess with it. Um, but like, you know, it's out today. So you could do, you could bet it today if you wanted to. I, I get it. It's a little bit more inconvenient, but it, they, they have it the day of the games. Just generally not before for a long yeah. time. The, um, the, that, that Illinois Marquette game though, proof that home court advantage back, uh, betting yeah. home teams back. Love to see it. That place was going nuts. And they had a true freshman go to the foul line with the double bonus down one with 35 seconds left in the game. There was only going to be a two-second difference in the shot clock once he shot these free throws. He misses both of them. So Marquette's in this like, God, do we let him take a shot? Then we'll have almost no time left. So they have a guy sneak in behind. I I don't know how they were able to get away with it, but he just comes in from behind for the trap right near midcourt in the middle of the floor, just back tips him, goes the other way, gets an and one to, to win the game. It was awesome. It was awesome. A lot of fun. Uh, big time college basketball back. So back. Shaka smart, baby. Shaka smart. And Illinois didn't have Kofi, so you can't mm-hmm. really blame them too much for, for the loss. And it seems like it was a total, total collapse there. From Illinois, maybe if they had Orlando Tigua and Chin, things could have been different for him. Yeah, could have been. Brad Underwood also get he's got a different haircut now, where he he like swoops the side of his head hair too now. Like it's one thing to have a top of the head swoop, he does the side swoop now too. Big, really going all into the slick back look. It's it's quite something else. Pushback or slick back? It's like slicked back where you can see that he ran a comb or a brush through it. So he, and I think there's some product as well. He used to be a jerk or he still is a jerk. Does he live for new year's Eve? Sloppy steaks at Giovanni's. He, yeah, yeah, definitely. He's also like bad guy in an eighties movie. Look, he's got bad. He's a Cobra Kai kind of like adjacent, you know, like, Uh Yeah, he doesn't have the blonde hair to really stick the point, but yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. If you have the means, just another beautiful sunrise, at least yeah, in, it's in, awesome. in Linden. Looks like cotton candy skies. Perhaps the sunsets at night have been really nice. The sun rises. Uh, great. The only thing I could think that would make this moment better right here, right now, is some Thornton's coffee and donuts. Ma'am, that would really hit the spot. Uh, you can just start your day just like a freaking not you walking on sunshine that's exactly what you're doing when you stop and use that refreshing rewards card and seeing this wonderful sunrise fall is spectacular got a crisp air in the morning Uh, and i'm sure our friend scooter dingus is just loving it i am not it's it's fantastic weather you should be happy uh justin i've got to tell you something buddy you made me laugh like belly, you you know that laugh you get to where you laugh so hard that you start coughing. What I do? Well, uh, my brother-in-law is playing in the Barstool golf tournament, the Barstool Classic, 
and he sent me the leaderboard. He's he's making the cut right now, but he was mad. He thought he didn't play well. Uh, so I checked the leaderboard, and the the person, the, uh, the twosome that's in second, the first guy's name is Dustin Dingus. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. I was like, wait, is he, is he entering this tournament under an alias? Is that – because that would be uh, – that's the kind of name that you check into a hotel room because you don't want people to know that a celebrity's here. It's, it's not the Been Scooter Dingus. Time. It's Dustin Dingus. Been spending time at uh, Bobby Cook, so I got really good at golf. So I can enter tournaments now. Pretty cool. Yeah, you, you should get really good at golf, Justin. You <laughs> play all the time, right? That's true. That's yeah. true. When's, you played Friday, Justin? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you play well? Um... No, not really. But that's okay. <laughs> Season season's winding down. We're about to not be able to play for a couple months. I'll quickly forget about that one. We're gonna talk Kentucky Mount St. Mary's. Roush mentioned the line. Twenty four and a half, you said? Yes, twenty four and a half. Uh, I'd, I'd take I'd take Kentucky. I, I Mount St. Mary's yeah. really bad. Oh, full. three three hundred out of three hundred fifty five teams in Ken Palm, they're not good. When I was actually I don't want to go into a game day show where I have no clue about the other team. So mm-hmm. I did watch the condensed game of them against Villanova, and then oh, I watched man. the highlight tapes against them in St. Joe's. They're horrible. Yeah, they, they're bad. They, they are really bad. They're really bad. And I feel like anytime we do this on KRC, we talk about how dreadful a team is. Kentucky <laughs> goes out there and struggles against them. So keep that in mind. That right. like that's what's you know that that we have a history of this. KRC curse is active. I can't stress it enough. They're they're terrible. They they are horrible. If they wanted to, I bet Oscar could get more rebounds in a half than this team. Not a game, probably, because I don't know if Oscar could do it for a full 40, 38, 37 minutes. But for a half, I bet if they said, Oscar, we need you to just go rebound. We're just doing a little social experiment here, Marshall Henderson style. We just need you to go get every rebound you can. I bet he could out-rebound this entire team for a half. They can't shoot. They're not good inside, and it's they have nobody that can really create by themselves. The best they create is driving, kicking, but not even for threes, mostly just for kind of mid-range jumpers, which aren't, which aren't the best shots in basketball all the time. They're bad, Roush, so this should be a, a domination. I almost wish Kentucky was playing somebody a little bit better. I think when UK plays Ohio on Friday, that mm-hmm. game will be more of like a – all right, Kentucky should win, but I bet we'll learn some stuff about this team in this game. I don't know how much we even learn in this game tonight, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. But, hey, it should be fun, though. It's Kentucky basketball. It's uh, Kentucky basketball. should be a lot of threes. should be everybody gets some playing time. It should be an absolute beatdown. I'll never not enjoy watching that. But still, I we, we're December 11th. That's when Kentucky plays their next name that I think is going to get some national recognition. That's the Notre Dame game. Until then, I'd like to see them tested for a half or tested mm-hmm. for an under-TV timeout, and that will happen throughout the next couple weeks. Again, the Ohio game for sure. Not tonight, though. Shouldn't be tonight unless they just go out there and completely and totally sleepwalk. But this would be another good game for Calipari if you want to – again, it's way too early for people to be complaining about playing time and Dante Allen and all that sort of stuff. But this is a good game to get everybody minutes, get everybody happy – try some different rosters, see kind of who meshes well together, who doesn't mesh well together. Uh, we'll talk more about this game. We'll get into maybe more of the X's and O's, things we'd like to see. Again, it's going to be a beatdown. But what we'll, we, we will talk, continue to talk about on the Thornton's text line. While we were bringing up Justin, though, 
Roush, can we talk about like the big KRC news yesterday? Yeah, let's talk about the big uh, Kentucky roll call news. Which so, before, I just want to remind folks, Luke Fortner, super senior old man Fortner, coming on the show in hour number two uh, before his final game at Kroger Field Saturday. So just something to keep in mind uh, for later on. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun getting to chat with him as they go through their last game week playing at home at Kroger Field. We'll have that for you at 8.30 here on Kentucky Roll Call. So we were, we, Roush and I had gotten sick of the bad music. Justin didn't like the music either. I don't know if he was as vocal about it, but Justin, you weren't, you weren't feeling all the tunes, were you? Yeah, no, the last week or so has been pretty rough. To say the least. Yeah. So we declared yesterday, it was a Monday too, so we could have been a little grouchy. That could have played a role in it also. But just listen to the songs yesterday as we're trying to get fired up for our week. It's just bummer song after bummer song, bad song after bad song. And we had, quite frankly, had enough. Mm -hmm. Right then and there, we said, Trevor's not picking our music for our show anymore. And that was a declaration that we made in the moment, and we're not backing down or off of it. Period. I declare done. Done. Out. See ya. No more bad music from Trevor on this show. Mm -hmm. But don't get that mistaken for rejoins or our love for Trevor Trevor, he's great. We were just sick of the bad music. Um, right. it, it, Trevor was getting into, like, I'm Mr. Cool Deep Cuts guy. Like, the, the song that really put us over the top was, I, I don't know, he played a Sheryl Crow song that wasn't by Sheryl Crow. Of course, Trevor. Oh, Cat Stevens. Yeah, I'm playing. She <laughs> was the one who covered it. He was the one that had the real song. Oh, you mean the bad version that nobody knows because it's terrible? It's, it's a terrible song. Like, you can't listen to that and be like, you know what? I'm in a good mood now. No, it physically it, it made me physically ache with pain on a, on a Monday. It was so bad. On a so Monday, bad. you just can't have it. You just can't have it on a Monday. It makes our point for us that if that wasn't even a cover by Cat Stevens, it was to show that his version's so bad that nobody even has any clue. Right. Nobody has any clue at all. And so, so we said we're moving on. Now, this is where things get a little interesting. Trevor posts on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page an emotional farewell post about picking songs <laughs> for our show. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Uh, but it was funny. A lot of people thought that he was like getting fired from Big Exports Radio <laughs> and stuff like that. It actually ended up being like hilarious. I was getting text messages saying, wait, you all you all fired Trevor? I thought he wasn't even the producer for your show anymore. <laughs> exactly. Like that. That's a, what made it even better. A lot of people on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page told on themselves for not listening to the show or at least not listening to Monday's show. Some of the folks, I've, I've never even heard of them before. I'm, I don't think they're regular listeners. But we had some on there that either they, they've taken some time off from listening or they got caught with their hand in the cookie jar, like Rocket City Rob, saying that, like, is this another corporate America thing? Yeah, it's KRC corporate America, and we're sick of bad songs. He's out of here. Get you, you, can, you can do whatever campaign you want to try to get him back. It's not happening. until Unless he decided to really take a long, hard, dark, or cold, dark look in the mirror, uh, you don't know if the electricity is on at the Kelsey house or not. And said, I'm going to start playing better music. And maybe start with Man in the Mirror. Everybody loves a little Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror. That's true. Maybe- that's, a, that's a great song. Like one that I think people would be bobbing their heads to if they heard it in the morning. But that's not the. Like, what, what was the. Didn't we have just like an all like 
Halloweeny, like deathy well, that vibe. Was Two weeks, no, but after Halloween. Then. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, and then like, like you'll do like Canadian singers one day, and it's just it's you know no. Like, who cares? We, we just want people to kind of be head bumping. Maybe you know we don't think every everybody's gonna like every single song that we're gonna play, but we're gonna like it. Yeah, we're, we're going to like it. But here's where things get interesting in this whole ordeal: is on the show we say, "Don't tell Trevor," because for one, we don't want to hurt his feelings, and we do like our rejoins. He does a great job with those. No complaints there. But we don't want to hurt his feelings. We want to be able to kind of tell him on our own terms. And we also kind of want a new re- a new intro. We want a new intro. And Trevor's going to have to help with that. We don't want to go poking the big cuddly bear here. So what happens? All of a sudden, Trevor finds out. It's posted on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page just a few hours. I mean, first off, the fact that he was even awake was a miracle. <laughs> Secondly, how quickly he found out. So which one of you goobers spilled the beans to Trevor Kelsey and – the call is coming from inside the house. It was Justin Kalen. Oh, yeah. Justin, shame on you. We had done on the show saying, don't tell Trevor. Don't tell Trevor. All of our listeners, do your job. Don't tell Trevor. And what's the first thing Justin does right after we get off the air? Hey, call me when you wake up. Well, so. Unbelievable. Unbelievable, Justin. A.T. Brute. So I didn't tell him until he agreed to do the new intro and a couple drops for me. So. I had a guy, I had got him. I, I've, I set it up as, "Hey Trevor, I need a little bit of work from you, but I'm gonna save you work." And that's that's really what perked his ears up. He's like, "Oh, okay, I got to do a little bit of work to not do as much work." Got it. So I got him to agree to do the new intro or to add to the intro. I got him to agree to do a couple drops, and then I just had to lay it on him. By the way, you're also fired from our music. <laughs> And he, he went on he went a little on a little bit of a rant. I'm not gonna lie. He he kind of gave it to me for a minute, but at the end of the discussion, it was fine. If you all don't appreciate what I'm doing, then I'm I will be done. So what, what, I, I feel like we left on pretty good terms, all things considered. Of, what part of Don't Tell Trevor did you not understand? Well, you all had said last week to tell Trevor. So it was a little confusing for me. I was getting mixed signals. Oh. I think we were perfectly and utterly clear <laughs> yesterday not to tell Trevor. Well, at the end of the day, he would have figured it out somehow. So no, I, just, I don't think he would have. I think he would have kept sitting music and we would have just ignored it. <laughs> which is much more funny. Like <laughs> Trevor, keep doing all this work, but we're not going to use it. Got yeah. It. Uh, it'd be hilarious. He, 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 was, he was legitimately a little bugged by it. Like, he, he, was. All, he was. In all this, I would hope that everybody can kind of understand that we are – we're joking in the sense that we don't really care one way or another, but we are serious about we're putting an end to bad music that we don't appreciate here and here. But I think I think it, it bugged him a little bit. He's gotten a lot of compliments on his music, and he has played great music. There's If he just stopped trying to get too cute with it, Roush, I think that's his biggest issue. Yeah. So he gets a lot of compliments. I think this was a little bit of a, a punch at his ego. He vented about it on the Mike Rutherford show. He said he was going to. <laughs> But he did keep coming back to like, but it's less work for me. I'll be doing less work. But you could tell in his voice, it kind of hurt him a little bit. It, it, it was getting after him a little bit. So uh, not sure where to go here. I, I don't I don't like the I don't like that we have a weasel in our house here. Roush, we say not to do something. Justin goes and does it. I know. But on, the, but on the flip side, I'm excited about the changes here on Kentucky Roll Call. I think we just need to put Justin's nose 
in his mess and make him own it. Here's the deal, guys. I am not good with keeping stuff inside. So if there's something you don't want me to say, you make sure to hammer it home because I am a I'm a I'm a jabber jaw, if you will. Loose lips sink ship. That's right. Oh my gosh. And this boat is going down. He he just needed to know, guys. It was only right. But now look, he's happy because he has less work. No, he's pretty vindictive. I feel like there's gonna be a, a cross shot coming at KRC in no time. So that's something we gotta look out for. They they proposed that if UK beats U of L, Trevor just has to make a really good new intro for us, no questions asked. But if U of L were to beat UK in the football game, we have to bring Trevor back on as our DJ full time <laughs> permanently. And Trevor liked the idea, which again <laughs> kind of makes me think that he he doesn't care so much that this is less work for him. We hurt his feelings a little bit. Yeah, I think he's just disappointed that we don't like his music and he can't sit there and because see, normally what would happen in this instance is. Trevor would play a bad song. We'd go to break and say, what was that garbage? And then mm-hmm. he would have the chance to defend it. And now that he doesn't have the chance to defend it, he feels like he's still playing quality jams, but that's not always the case. Correct. So I think well, I can't always defend it for him. Yeah, because like... Well, there's an, uh, indefensible, undefensible, without defense, a lot of the music. Yeah, just bad. So... Um, I, I, I do today. kind of like that idea. I also like that um, little Howard. We we haven't mentioned this, but there's some stakes up for grabs with uh, the little Howard trophy. So, I yeah, mean, it, I mean, now it's either it's going to go to one of little Howard. If U of L pulls off the upset, it could go to a new studio. We couldn't yeah. see little Howard for a while. We wouldn't want that. No, no, we can't have that happen. So really need the cats to in the year on a high note get a new intro keep little howard where he belongs in the big x studio and it'll be all krc in 2022 the krc takeover and we're just we're laying down the foundation here new music little howard gets uh, affirmation that he's going to get to stay home for another year and then everything will be coming up krc in 2022 let's take a break we'll come back we'll talk more basketball mark stoops football that's probably going to lead the conversation at all yeah all all and, uh, some big uh back. basketball recruiting news to discuss too i don't know if i know that oh yeah i do know this okay yeah that as well but that's that's going to be another fun conversation we got a lot of fun things to talk about here on kentucky roll call on big x sports radio 961 oh, fm we'll be right back Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. What's Scott's tots? <laughs> Has it really been 10 years? <laughs> With Walker and Roush. A local businessman pledges college tuition to third graders. <laughs> well, Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen 
here on your Tuesday, Taco Tuesday. Hit up Salsaritas, one of their two locations in Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews. Both have Salsaritas. Middletown has a drive-through. St. Matthew, St. Matthews renovated over the summer. New inside, feels great. Roush and I had lunch there on Friday. Had a great time. Download the Salsaritas app. You're going to build up points and get some rewards here and there. Save yourself some money. You download the app and you refer a friend. You'll get $10 into your account. They'll get a free entree. It's a pretty sweet deal for two people just downloading an app and eating some free food. So check them out, Middletown or St. Matthews. And remember, if you've got any plans this weekend, catering at Salsaritas is tops. My niece just had her first birthday, and her parents were very smart and had Salsaritas catered. So that's been two Walker family get-togethers the last two weekends with Salsaritas catering. And folks, the parties have been a hit. They've been a lot of fun. And everybody's been well fed, and the the they make the whole process super easy with the catering, which definitely helps when you've got when the tactic and you're planning a party and whatnot makes that even easier. So get them for catering, or just get them for lunch or dinner today. Salsaritas, deliciously different. Ah, it's the best. Um, although I will say there's there's certain things that cannot be topped, and in all of my years watching press conferences. I've never seen or heard a question as exhilarating and as electric as this one from Steve Sarkeesian's Monday morning press conference. Good morning to you, Coach Sarkeesian. Good morning. Coach, a couple years ago, one of my good friends and I were faced with a massive problem we couldn't solve. And in his wisdom, he said, you know, at this point, we need to stop and ask ourselves, what would an extraordinary person do in this situation? And this resonated with me the whole weekend. And I realized that of all the coaches who could be standing at that podium right now in those shoes, you are that extraordinary person. And you have a team of what I call coaching juggernauts. This is not only my opinion, this is a fact. I don't think anyone can dispute this. So my question as we write you know, the Sarkeesian era story, we're not even done with the first chapter yet, can you unfold some of the onion of what are you working on? How are you solving this problem? I realize that you might not even know. But, you know, I'm going to steal from Julian Edelman. It's going to be one kind of story. Yeah, I think I – think. <laughs> This is not only my opinion. This is a fact. It cannot be disputed. Man. I'm going to, I'm going to start just Goodness prefacing gosh. all of my, my takes like that. This is, this is not an opinion. This is a fact, TJ Walker. That's tough. It's been it- a whole minute. <laughs> I, I th- like. I was waiting for like the payoff of, like he's gonna he's gonna redeem himself or he's gonna realize how outlandish and ridiculous this is. Nope. 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 Just just serves it up. I don't know what you ever watch oh, the. the uh, what what's that baking show where they just get the regular bakers but they have to bake really hard oh. stuff and it's I think it is it just killed it or nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. And this, that question this, was like nailed really it. Bad. I was like, nailed it. He thought he was like asking this super deep philosophical question, served it up, and then it did not turn out the way that he he would have liked. Wow. Oh, man. There's a couple of points, too, where you think Sark might crack and start laughing, especially the like, this is in under, this is a fact. It's not disputed. But like, we we hear some kind of butt slappery things sometimes at some Mark Stoops press conferences here and there, but man, that that takes the cake right there. That that really takes the cake. And 
it also makes me beg the question too. What do we think his problem was that him and his buddy could not figure out that they needed an extraordinary? He also said extraordinary. Like, who says extraordinary? Twice. Yeah. Like, we need an extraordinary person to to figure out. Like, could they not unclog a sink? Like, what the hell was going on? I I have no idea what they could. (laughs) Maybe if they, if that reporter's a driver in the state of Indiana putting a turn signal on, maybe. Maybe that's where they needed the extraordinary, extraordinary person just to hit that little thing. Uh, if it's a resident of Indiana, Roush, maybe it's just riding a scooter. Maybe that was what they were philosophizing about. Like, yeah. how do we, how do we do this? Can y'all, can y'all settle down today? Is National Indiana Day? What? Right. Yeah. What are you? Show national, some respect. National Indiana Day. That's right. So what, what the is hell, this the day we're all supposed to? Is this Is this the day Indiana became a state? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know why it's National Indiana Day, but it is. And National Fast Food Day. So get but, Salsaritas. Well, Salsaritas mm. is so much more than just fast food. It's But it's fast. Fast, fast Tex-Mex with delicious, delicious, fresh, fresh ingredients. Uh, Indiana right, was admitted to the Union December 11th. So really, this is just another made-up holiday by corporate America so yeah. that folks in Indiana can sell greeting cards. That's it. <laughs> All it says is November 16th, National Indiana Day. November 16th, National Indiana Day. And National 16th, Indiana Day revs up its engines for the state that's home of the Indy 500 and Hoosier Hospitality. Indiana was the 19th state to enter the Union. Hmm. I don't... But it, still, we have no idea why it's today. How does one celebrate in National Indiana Day? Do you cut down the nets after a loss? Popcorn boxes with Watford. They, that's you get, mandatory. You get give out sweet answers. 16 rings. You give out sweet 16 rings. You write a book on a sweet 16 season, perhaps. Yeah, better you than watch, expected. You watch your football team lose by 40 to a team you should beat. That's true. You sleep yeah. on the floor. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, also, National November 16th, National Check Your Wipers Day. And I think they're talking about the cars. Yeah, <laughs> I actually do need some new new wipers. So, thanks. That, that much more useful day than National Indiana Day. Well, Justin, I hope you celebrate accordingly. What are you going to do for it? Leave I'm going to I'm going to drive to Kentucky and work. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though, Justin? I think I'm going to celebrate National Indiana Day. I think I'm going to drive over to that state and place a bet on the Kentucky Wildcats. Unfortunate yeah, that you have to do that, huh? It's super unfortunate. And Justin, as we were just ripping on Indiana, that's all you had to say, man. It was like, <laughs> yeah, all those things may be true, but where do you all go when you need to place a bet? That's true, yeah. Y'all come on over to Hoosier. Land. That's right. That's where you go, unless you go on Uncle Bo or Wager Cat or some of the and other. If you, if you want to play blackjack, got to come here too. That's true, unless it's a church picnic, of course. In which case, <laughs> go, go crazy, Kentucky, because under God, you can you can hit on sixteen. Um, Man, uh, probably I, not the best wording. W- one thing. <laughs> That is totally unintentional, too. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Sorry. You, one you, thing. Know, you know what? who's not going to be celebrating National Indiana Day anytime soon? TJ Walker? Bruiser Flint. Uh, Bruiser Flint or Reed Shepard. Reed Shepard announcing his college decision this Saturday. And we don't have any inclination. Like, there hasn't been this sort of momentum building uh, for Kentucky one way or another. But – He's working with a local orthodontics company to he's 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 
preemptively signed a nil deal before his decision. So leads me to believe that he'll be representing his home state of Kentucky in the blue and white. I love it. I love it. And this is why, again, this show is what it is. We like to have fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. And we generally try to make fun of people that do take themselves too seriously. But we don't even know where he's picking on Saturday, Roush, but we know that we just nailed this whole thing. We told everybody not to freak out a year ago. Yep. Probably a year and a half ago, really, all things considered. They've got a bad relationship. He likes Patino more. Oh, it's going to be drama. Okay, let's just wait. Long way to go. This is a 2023 kid. He hadn't even played like a – an AAU yeah. circuit after his sophomore year of high school. And, yeah, that's the crazy thing is when we started this all, it was like at this point he shouldn't be on Kentucky's radar, not because necessarily he's not good enough. It's just Kentucky's not really looking at, like, rising freshmen about how good they're going to be at college. Like, they'll get to them when they're sophomores or juniors yeah, and sometimes right. even just seniors. So, like, we, we, we told everybody to calm down. We said that not to get worked up about the drama with, with Jeff Shepard and Calipari. And then once the nil got hammered home, Roush, literally the day I, I think the nil got hammered home. If it wasn't that show, it was certainly one of the ones shortly after where you just said, all right, well, this this should take all the drama out of the Shepard commitment or recruitment at that point, I suppose. At that point, I don't know if Kentucky had offered him when we were having those conversations. But if he wanted to capitalize by far financially – he was going to go to Kentucky. Right, and right. I, I, I'll say this, one place where we didn't maybe get it right is I didn't expect it to happen so soon. I thought maybe you'd have to wait till the spring, uh, but he, he's ready to, to, to make it right. official. It's going to be Kentucky. And I, and I, and I love it. It's, it's, it's worth getting excited about. It was not worth getting worked up about two years and, ago. And without much drama, you know, like uh, – there was some early man Virginia's all in Chris Mack he's all about it but there hasn't been a whole lot of uh to steal Jack Pilgrim's line a lot of sources say stuff over here I mean there was the one AU term he had where you had Kyle Tucker talking about Jeff Shepard cleaning the floor like he was God's gift to humanity just because he was a coach who would wipe the floor it's like no that's what coaches do I never understood that but there, there, there was the one tournament that uh, everybody attended, and there was a lot of read quotes, and they they kept it pretty close to the chest. But for the most part, like I, it's felt like Kentucky all the way. And the thing is, too, is like he only has kept getting better. And I think that was the the point all along, too, TJ. That we were like, well, we also don't really know how good he is. Let's see him play against top competition. Because no offense to the thirteenth region, but. I mean, the the one good team they played, they lost to them in the regional tournament. They didn't make it to Sweet 16, right? Yes. Yeah, so like uh, you had to wait and see. And then when he went and played against top competition, he was that good and more. Um, And I think a lot of it is because he's not just – like we have these kids out in the state once in a blue moon. There's one particularly that I'm keeping my eye on down in – I think it's Perry County. No, no, it's not Perry County because it's in Western Kentucky. Perry County is Eastern Kentucky. Might be Lewis. Either his last name is Perry. That's why I'm thinking that. He was a freshman last year. Scores a ton of points. We get these guys who score a lot of points all the time. This kid might end up being the real deal. But a lot of those big-time scorers, they aren't complete basketball players. 
and Reed's really good because he's an excellent passer. He's an excellent distributor. He sees the floor really well. He's not just somebody who's shooting 30 shots a game to get 45 points, you know, and, and that's why um, – that's, I think, what really makes him special and sets him apart and why he's one of the few Kentucky kids that is a top 50 player and he's worth the billing. Like, he, he's living up to it, and I – it's – it's going to be uh, a circus from here on out because if, when he makes this announcement, he's making it 9 a.m. on Saturday. It's going to be before the season. You best believe that it's going to be a circus. It's going to be a zoo. And I'm I'm looking forward to I hope Pat Forty goes back. He had his big column about uh, going down to North Laurel to watch him play. And could this be the lightning rod that divides Calipari and the fan base? I hope he comes down there for kind of his victory lap when Cal's are showing up to watch him kick ass and sold out arenas. I bet he doesn't. Yeah, I bet he doesn't either. Bet he doesn't. Well, if it ends up being Kentucky and everybody anticipates that it will be, congrats to UK staff and coaches for making this happen uh, because this this could have been a circus. There could have been a lot of hoopla and instead it could just be a random Saturday in November almost 22 months before he'll ever put on a UK jersey and you could have that wrapped up and, and locked in. And that's a big deal. And that's exciting. I love I, I love his game. Not that, again, well, I, need, I need to think, I need to think if I actually feel this way or not. But like if, if Reed Shepard was just some dude from California, from what we've seen, Roush, I think he'd be good enough to get the interest of Kentucky. And yeah. you always make like we always make race comparisons. Everybody always does it. But I, I see no reason he can't have a Tyler Hero like freshman season. I don't think that's setting the bar too high. I don't think that's putting unrealistic expectations for him. Obviously, the roster makeup of what he's coming in will kind of determine if he'll even get the right. chance to, to showcase that sort of a uh, skill set. But I, I see no reason he can't do similar things to Tyler Hero as a freshman at the college level. Tyler Hero didn't always dominate games. He just kind of played his role and did a good job of it. And mm-hmm. at times did some really, really nice things. He was an absolute bucket from the free throw line, as the kids would say. Shepard could do all those things. And you and like you said, you can probably maybe get a little bit more one out of him than you could of Hero yeah. uh, because of his passing ability and handles. Yeah, and I think if you look at right now the kind of future of the Kentucky's backcourt, um, Sharp is obviously wait, or no wait, that's Reed is two classes away, correct? Yes, is, he, he would be playing for the 2023-2024 season. Okay, okay. So I wouldn't be shocked, you know, he could enroll early too. These people are gonna want to enroll early if they can start making nil. So wait, so. is he really only gonna be a high school junior? Wow, that's a and that's what's going to be so unusual. Like it felt like Sky Clark has been committed to Kentucky forever, and that's that's not necessarily the case. Um, this kid is in your own backyard, and I really I hope that North Laurel does the basically barnstorming tour for his senior season. I, I haven't looked at their schedule this year, but like they played a big game at uh, Lexington Catholic last year. That's a big gym. I hope they kind of go to some of the bigger venues in the state uh, for folks to get a, a chance to to watch and play that's going to make it that's going to make it a a, a bona fide circus um because i'm not going to lie tj I, I initially was like oh well he'll be playing with sharp and with those guys but like who knows what the hell the roster's gonna look like three years from now but 
it, it does help having a guy who is a good as your foundational piece, somebody for fans to get excited about, but also one that's not necessarily going to scare other top recruits away. And I think exactly. Clark kind of fit that bill as well, where he's like, he's a very good player, but he's not going to scare your top five, top 10 guys away. Justin doesn't sound like it's going to be the Hoosiers, buddy. Yeah. Not going to be Hoosiers. Did you think about maybe if IU had just a few more head coaches could have sealed the deal? Yeah. Maybe two would have got it done. <laughs> I, I thought we had a good shot with three, but I guess we needed five. Uh, Indiana, Louisville, Virginia looks like they will be the runners up in this recruitment, which I, I would think that to some degree you just have to put your hands up and say, this is a huge legacy recruit at UK. And if you want to be, if you want to be honest, just the, the nil aspect of it was going to make Indiana, not an option, Virginia, not an option. I think Shepard could have made some nice money nil at the university of Louisville but not not close to to what he could get in blue. So we look forward to that on Saturday. Uh, I guess it's recruiting, always a chance there could be a surprise, but I think everybody would be pretty shocked if it's anything but UK there. And that's just another reminder with all this stuff, sometimes you can just calm down, be patient, and let these things work out. Still, that being said, I am a little surprised that it happened uh, – it happened this early. Roush, I, I want to change gears here, and okay. then we'll we'll get to our hour one break. But Mark Stoops, a little testy yesterday, I thought. Really? You thought so? Uh, his, it, just the the kind of, you know, he had a smile on his face. But the, the, the score discrepancy against Vanderbilt and his comment there, I just feel like he's – maybe it's just the end of the season. Just kind of doesn't tolerate fools as much, per se. But yeah, I think he's I think he's a little fired up. I, I got that sense. You seem to not get it. I mean, he You could just say it's maybe same old stoops, but I I'd, right. I'd noticed it a little bit more yesterday well, on his speaking engagement. Well, it's just one of those like uh you know, when he talked about the Vanderbilt game, uh <laughs> his frustration with the second half is more about the officiating than it is with his players. Because if Kentucky scores on that first drive like they were well on their way to, then I don't think you have any of this disgruntlement from fans. And he's went back. The the Wandell Robinson pass interference, they showed it on replay. And there he just ran five yards and stood there. And they called offensive pass interference for like a pick or something. It was it, They just threw a hitch outside. So that one was bizarre at the time. But even the holding call on Fortner, that angered the hell. He said, I don't know what the hell that was on. So when he talks about the game, he's getting into the specifics. And I think when he hears response, like when he hears criticism about the way the game ended, he looks at the game differently. So he's just kind of like um, scoffs at that criticism. Like, well, we had the ball for – three possessions, four possessions. We grinded it out. We kneeled one out, and we had one basically taken away from us by penalties. Uh, and they scored two touchdowns on fourth down passes. Like, credit to them. They did well. But I I also think there's like a – I'm just – I'm not dealing with this right now. I got bigger things to worry about, like recruiting. You know, I, I, I think there's some of that Hoosier dingus don't got time to deal with it. Um, do you all remember that game against Vanderbilt? He loves to bring that up. That that James Franklin game against Vanderbilt before he got here. So I, you know, that's his easy way of just 
uh, rolling past any sort of criticism that folks have after a win. And they're, he can be right and wrong in, in that idea. On the one hand, absolutely so. Like, UK football is so much better now than what it was when he took over. I love where we're at as a program now versus the alternative. All that being said, what happened to Kentucky Vandy in 2012 has nothing to do with you having a 31-3 to lead and then getting outscored 17-3 to in the second half. Or 14-3 to yeah. in the second half to Vanderbilt. Like that, that's also true. That they, those two things are are not tied at the hip with one another. When you're up 31 to three, you could have you could have doubled it. You, no fans are going to be complaining with the 62 62 to six win down in Nashville. Margin of victory, not the end of the world, not the biggest thing in the world. I was a little disappointed with the second half. I can say that and still not freak out or have these big issues with the remainder of the season. I just I I, I feel like. Uh, I just was, I guess, surprised to see him go back to that well, Roush, of pulling out the 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 year before he got there because that was miserable. He is right to bring that up, but it also doesn't necessarily have to do with a lethargic second-half performance. But we talked a great deal about that yesterday. If you didn't mm-hmm. catch it, listen to the podcast. We wish they would have looked better in the second half, but right. they, they, they took their foot off the gas. They, they changed some players. It was a little frustrating, certainly more boring than anything else, but it doesn't change my expectations for the next two games. No, no, not at all. And I think that's some of, like, obviously Stoops would have liked for it to be a better executed second half. But that that's his way of trying to, like, nicely move past it. Like, you know, yes, it wasn't great, but big picture. Like, things are all right right here. We won an SEC game on the road. Even though it's a Vanderbilt, you're five and three. Let's, let's, let's move on to the next one. Go beat the snot out of New Mexico State. Uh, should be a great time. You get to honor the seniors. Uh 22 of which will be participating in senior day ceremonies. Luke Fortner coming on later. He, him, Josh Alvey, and Justin Rigg, they're not doing senior day because they did it last year. And Soup said, you know, that that might be the case this year where we have some guys who go through senior day but come back. And he was like, don't, don't read too much into it, uh, you know, what this list says or not, but we just want to make sure guys have their time, they get their, their jersey in the frame. Uh, but – one player that wasn't on the list that's significant is Kentucky's leading tackler, Jacquez Jones. Uh, he transferred from Ole Miss in the offseason after playing three years, including as a true freshman. He earned SEC All-Freshman honors at Ole Miss. Never got his redshirt year, played one year. So it makes sense where, you know, I understand a lot of guys, if, if they've done the five years, they're probably ready to move on. Like six is a lot, but five, you can, you know, you can get a graduate degree. Um, you, you can have that extra time to really kind of reach your potential. The the sixth year, you might get some diminishing returns and it might be just time to move on, but it makes sense for him to want to come back for a fifth year to play for John Summerall, who he initially committed to at Ole Miss. So um, I, I think that's great news for the Kentucky defense moving forward because uh, that linebacker position, we know Trevin Wallace. The, his future is very bright. He's played a lot in the second half of the season. Uh, I know Martez Thrower got out there some, but there there hasn't been a lot of depth. You're going to get Derek Jackson back, but you know Jared Casey. I, I don't I don't know what's happened with him. I meant to dig into that yesterday and try to get to the bottom of it, but uh, you know once a big time recruit that 
I think he had like six tackles in one of the first two games of the season, but he hasn't really played since then. Um, so you wonder if, if if he's even going to be around a year from now. So uh, I think it's it's big to have uh, Jacquez Jones potentially coming back next year. Stoops wasn't going to make any of those decisions certain uh, and announce them preemptively and kind of steal their thunder. But it does sound like that they're going to get Jones back for another year. That's big. Uh, that That's exciting. That's, uh, I think it'll allow Kentucky mostly to, at that point, attack the transfer portal in the secondary, and y- you'll feel pretty solid across the board if they can do that on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, but you pretty much you pretty much covered it. Yeah, there you go. Happy to. Pretty much covered it. Uh, those surprises, always nice. Hopefully Kentucky also can bring in a few – Names on the transfer portal, there's some rumblings and whisperings that they feel solid about that, that they're going to be able to do that. I wouldn't necessarily expect really to hear anything else in November at that point, but you got to go out there and you got to do it. And then you got to do everything you can to try to get everybody to sign in this early period, Roush, which is coming quicker than yeah, a month away. Yeah. I think a month away from yesterday, I want to say. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, recruiting, it's it's flying fast and furious. And I had, I don't know, if it was the day after the Neil Wagner commitment. I don't know if it was Thursday or Friday of last week, but I said I was getting kind of worried about Keontae Goodwin. I think now, I've, I think that was me just maybe getting caught up in the Emil Wagner stuff. Um, but I, I'm at the point where I think Keontae is just taking these visits just to have some fun. Like Texas A&M and Florida State have not been talked about throughout his in- recruitment at all. I think he kind of just wants to go to these places. Like, hell, he was at a UNLV last week, you know? So I, I, I'm i much less worried than I was. Like, there's still a little bit of slight apprehension. Like, I'm, I'm kind of putting my guard up, but I'm not as worried as I was maybe on Thursday or Friday. Does it all depend on if the big dog is still in Lexington? Well, the big dog's going to be in Lexington. But are you sure? Yeah. Um, I mean, do we, need to get him, do we need to get him some more money? No, we don't. Okay. Yeah. No, we don't. He's good. So nothing, nothing to freak out a lot. there. No. Uh, no. He's, he's, makes, me, makes me a little more nervous. He's barking away, just being a big okay. dog. Okay. That's, that's fine with me. You can't, can't do this every year. Hurts recruiting. Hurts recruiting to, to put it out there that he may be leaving and, and it's people need to keep an eye on it because. Um, recruits will notice that stuff. And well, if Vince wants recruits to be nervous, then he can keep leaking that stuff. Yeah, I I'll, just don't... I, I just don't understand the rationale behind it. Like, how is... Like, you, you just missed on a recruit. How is saying you might, going, you might be going elsewhere going to help the situation? Wouldn't it just hurt the situation even more? Well, it helped potentially somebody in this position to get more money, which would be helping them. But why? But they're not going to, though. Like, that that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I, obviously, so here's the thing that, like, to, to slightly peel back the curtain, these assistant coaches, they have pretty big rivalries with one another because, you know, they want to have all the recruits. They want to be the assistant coach. And – it's more money. The more press you get, the more money you're going to get. I mean, this is case yeah, in point. Right. And so I, I think it's Vince doesn't – Vince has to hold on to Keontae. And if he doesn't, then 
all of the shiny jewels in this recruiting class are going to be by other coaches, especially if Cohen and Woodward are able to bring in Barry and Brown. So, like, obviously, there's some pressure here. There's some rivalrying here. But I just don't understand the logic behind, like, this is how I galvanize support, by making people think I'm going to leave. Yeah. Like, and especially when you do it twice in three years or whatever. Like, it's just like, no. It, three times in one year, right? <laughs> uh, it was just it was just the Youngstown, Michigan State, right? Yeah, but this would be three. Yeah, I mean, but that was after, that was two seasons ago. Was Mel two, Tucker's, yeah, that, that yeah was, Mel Tucker's been here two years. Well... I thought it was the last spring. I thought, I thought it was after the 2020. Uh, okay, whatever. It was after the 2019 season. So too too um, many times. After, yeah, yeah, that, that's fair to say. Too many times. All right, hour one done. Hour two coming up next. We're gonna have Blue Fortner on to talk about Senior Day, his career second. at the University of Kentucky. Yeah, second, second Senior Day. Yeah, nothing <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Roush did a victory lap in college. We'll be back. This is Kentucky <laughs> Roll Call on Big X Sports oh, Radio. Okay. Roush and Justin Kalen. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We're going to have Luke Fortner joining us this hour to talk about this UK football season, what's left on the table, and Senior Week. Another another go at Senior Week. That's going to be fun. That'll be next segment, so don't go anywhere. And make sure you're telling your friends about Kentucky Roll Call. Mm-hmm. If you got a big Caps fan in your life and you don't think they're listening, send over the podcast, tell them where they can listen live. All the fun ways to be able to hear KRC on Big X Sports Radio. Fun first hour there. But we need to get to the next line. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it, do it, Laz. Feeling skinny, Tony. 502-414-1450. To back Justin on his betting U.S. 2-0, it's actually the most common scoreline for U.S.-Mexico games. So given the odds, you may actually make some money. And as someone who was there Friday night, that atmosphere was incredible, and so was the stadium in general. Well, I bet it was. It looked like it on TV, and congrats and congrats to you for being able to be there. Very jealous. Yeah, a lot yeah. of folks were. Secondly, yeah, we know that with the the two nothing USA Mexico score, Dos Cicero. Justin would be smart to do it, but Justin has also said that he's made a pretty penny betting draws in soccer matches. So yeah. uh, maybe you can do both, like we said. Yeah, I'm you- gonna just do two zero for Mexico US. Mexico US, you're going strictly two zero. Other games, yeah. you'll stick with your draw. Correct. Yep. Okay. That's fair enough. Cheering for ties like a true Pittsburgh Steelers fan. That's right. <laughs> there, it's true, actually. That's true. A texter says, this UK season reminds me of Lamar's Heisman year. After they lost to Clemson, they came crashing down to earth, which makes me think UK may lose to U of L, even though I think they should win. Well, it wasn't really the, the – the Clemson – 
things did change for them after Clemson, but they were still winning. It was yeah. the Houston game for U of L on that third. I think it was a Thursday night game. Yep, they were correct. playing Houston. Ed Oliver had six sacks or something ridiculous like that. He was just yeah. torching Lamar. They they had quit, but they did start to kind of play more poorly after that Clemson game. So I, I will at least give you a tip of the cap on that one. And Kentucky's been playing more poorly since the Georgia game. Uh, that being all that being said, even that season in 2016, Kentucky was much better in the trenches. And I just I think people gloss over that stuff too far well, too often. And they also like the one difference between that this Kentucky team and that Lamar team is it was the Lamar team. It was the Lamar Jackson show. He was a one-man show. Uh, this Kentucky team's a little bit different. And I think, you know, the the defense, a lot of our expectations for it is we've been spoiled by really, really great defense. Kentucky's defense is letting teams play to their averages. They Like, that's kind of what it's been like over the last three weeks. It's just that we're used to them really silencing people and shutting them up. We're used to games like the Florida game where you hold them to only six points and they get nine shots at the end zone at the end of the game and you stop them every single time. It was actually seven, my mistake. But that we're, we're used to defensive performances like that, and instead they've been letting teams play to their averages. That's going to happen this week. New Mexico State's probably going to score three touchdowns against Kentucky. It's going to happen. Prepare yourself. Same thing's going to happen when they play Louisville. Louisville's probably going to score 24, 27 points. But – Kentucky should win because they're the much better football team. And you know what, TJ? We were talking about this going into the year, that Kentucky's offense was going to have to outscore some teams because the defense is replacing a ton of NFL talent. Like, that's just that's how they're going to have to win. And they have for the most part this year. Uh, I mean, it was, I think, really the only bad exception to that is that Tennessee game. And I, we, I, we were talking about it on the, the KSR football podcast yesterday. It feels like a lot of just the disgruntlement in general is just losing to Tennessee. You can, you're obviously going to excuse a, uh, a loss to Georgia and Mississippi State. You know that dude was on fire. You, you you had a bunch of turnovers. It was down in Starkville. You know they're a pretty good football team, right? They're a top twenty five team. It's the Tennessee thing that just really irks Kentucky fans. It's a rival. It's a got a team with a first year head coach. You want to be able to beat him. Your offense played well, but you gave up forty five freaking points. And I think that's just – those are going to be lingering feelings for a while. And that's why if Mark Stoops gets the opportunity, I think Louisville is one of the rare exceptions where he will put his foot on the gas and just say, all right, let's go offense. We're, we're, we're not slowing down. Go go take care of business. And it's last game of the season. You get three, four weeks before the bowl game. If people get banged up, you can live with it a little bit more. All that being said, he still kept – you know, the starters were – a lot of the starters were still playing in Vandy, not being overly aggressive, but they uh, a lot of them were still out there. But hopefully more aggressive against Louisville, and that's – that's, that's kind of going to – the season's going to have not an asterisk next to it, but people are going to always wonder what could have been with this season. The season won't be really all – it will be remembered very negatively if you lose to Louisville. Yes, it won't be remembered there's no doubt about that. <laughs> whatsoever. It won't be good news for Stoops. It won't be good news for anybody. It won't be good news for recruiting. So I, I, I'm still not overly concerned about that game. I agree with you. L is going to be able to score some. But Cunningham shouldn't have much time. He shouldn't have a ton of running lanes, although I'm more worried about his legs than his arm. And UL, I, I'm not worried about their rushing attack necessarily. So they're they're going to 
they're going to have their challenges as well. Um, Kentucky yeah, may give yeah. up more points than they're used to. Uh, that may happen. But Kentucky's offense should be able to average five yards per run. That's not changing there. And then you got a passing attack now too, which is that 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 should make things even more easy for the offense being able to maybe yeah. take some deep shots on Louisville, which they've been that you know they've given up from time to time, or you just continue to control the ground. UK is going to be able to do what they want against the U of L defense. The question is, how much does the UK defense step up against the U of L offense? Assuming they don't get torched, anything right. else is it should be a win for the Cats. The, the big, the big thing in all of this is just, hey, um, stop him from stop Cunningham from running because he's not a great passer. Uh, whatever the numbers say, they're deceiving because he's one of the more inefficient quarterbacks in the country. Um, look at he's all about the success rate stats, and he's like the sixth worst quarterback that UK's faced this year when it comes to actual passing efficiency. Uh, if you look at his quarterback rating too, like it's he's eighth in the SEC or in the ACC, so like he's not <laughs> he's not lighting it up, but he's a he's a good football player, you know. Like he's the kind of old school, he's just going to do whatever it takes to win kind of guy, um, and is good at running the ball. If you can stop his his running attack, um, you know they're going to put a lot. Like that's a big JJ Weaver game. JJ Weaver plays well. You get Jordan Wright healthy again. Um, then you know you, you should be able to produce enough stops. Uh, to to be able to win that game by a couple scores, agree with you. Not not overly concerned. I know some Kentucky fans are. Things haven't looked too great as of late, but just remain calm. Remain calm. Another texture on the Thornton's text line says, "Why does the Louisville game not have a kickoff time yet? Hopefully, the game will be televised. Also, let's pack that awful place with blue. They need one sellout this year. Go Cats! It won't be a sellout. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. But yeah. I do think it's complete and total malarkey. We don't have a time. God, dude, it is the ACC. They can all go. You know what? Themselves. They are the worst. I hate everything about that stupid conference, that stupid network. The fact that I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm fed up with a lot of things I can't control, TJ. And I, the the gambling line saying whatever, Louisville not being on TV, it, it was annoying. But not being able to put off kickoff times, the games that Kentucky's going up against that they haven't that they're waiting to side. One of them is Virginia, Virginia Tech. Justin Fuente got fired this morning. Why can't you just pick a damn time? Boston College Pitt, that's a stinker. And then you have Wake Forest and somebody else who stinks. Like, I don't know what you're waiting on, ACC. What is going to happen this week that's going to make you decide what game needs to be in 3.30? Like, they, they're they all kind of stinker games. Just put them somewhere. Drives me nuts. Stupid. Love it. Love your love your enthusiasm there. It, you're, you're exactly right. At least give us, like, hey, 3.30 or 7. We'll pick between those two times. Nope, it could be noon, three thirty, or seven. Like, and they have they didn't put any they didn't announce any of the ACC network games. I don't believe, and I think they have an open window for ABC three thirty. So hell, Kentucky Louisville can, could end up getting the three thirty ABC kickoff, which would be hilarious to be going up against the Iron Bowl and CBS. <laughs> Is that game? They they don't have a time for that one. No, they don't have a three thirty ABC game or ABC slash ESPN. So I guess ESPN could choose to put one on the national broadcast and set in versus cable. But yeah, they, they don't have a three thirty slot yet. Hmm. Interesting. So I don't know if I've said this on the air or not, but I've been, I've been wrong since they moved this game in November. I used to think that only the first one at U of L was a daytime game. The Lamar one in 2016 was as well. So really 
it, since they've moved this game to November, there's been just one night game, Roush. Yeah. That was in 2018. 56 to 10 bloodbath. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. And a lot of folks that were there. Uh, one of my a family friend of mine, he was just throwing football with Benny Snell from the bleachers to the field at like halftime. I mean, it That's was awesome. just it was just so much fun. Like, and I don't think it will be to that degree of fun, but I still think it will be a fun time out at Papa Murphy's Cardinal Stadium. Yeah, and we'll get the we'll get the time next week. Don't know when it's gonna be. History says daytime, but maybe also means that we're due yeah. for night. So it'll either be one of the two. It'll either be daytime or nighttime. I can promise you that. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. That's a KRC guarantee. <laughs> oh, another texture on the Thorns text on says, how many seniors do you see returning for a fifth or sixth year due to the COVID rule in football? So I did mention uh, Jacquez Jones was left off that list. There are a couple on here that I could see potentially happening. Um, one of which is not Darian Kennard, but Marquand McCall. I, I, him him, and DeAndre Square are the two that I think have decisions to make. Because in McCall's case, a lot of it's going to come down to the, the NFL evaluation. And just like you basically had one year to play and you missed half the season. You know, he was splitting time with Bohanna. And this was his shot. And then an injury took him off the field for much of it. So, I, I, and, I, and I also think there's an, like an, uh, an opportunity and a need there because right now you have Hayes and Rodgers, but you can also play those at that three-tech defensive tackle. So uh, I, I think that there is maybe some potential for McCall. Uh, and the other one is DeAndre Square, um, just because like uh, Jacquez Jones, he's a true four-year player who I don't know what his pro prospects are. Um, and I, I think it'll ultimately come down to, like, does he want to play a fifth year of college football? Because he doesn't doesn't really have the the NFL numbers that they like, but he's a really good college football player, and he might just want to play for another year. So I, I think if I was going to circle any two, it would be those two. Okay, keep that in mind. That'd be huge news. Uh, we are having a great show today in large part because you are listening to it and we're very appreciative of that. We are certainly having better starts to our day than Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech, who was mm -hmm. fired at 8 a.m. this morning, effective immediately, Roush. Yeah, that um, it's the, the, the bizarre part about it is that Fuente, he did that thing where he flirted with the Baylor job two off seasons ago. And it was kind of awkward afterwards. It's almost like yeah. Scott Satterfield at South Carolina, you know. It, where like, he ended, well, the the difference is, is like he basically just said, "I'm I'm leaving for Baylor," and then Baylor was like, "But we're going in a different direction." <laughs> yeah, it was and really he was like, awkward. Oh, what do I do here? And a lot of Virginia Tech fans were like, "Get him the hell out of here." I mean, similar to this is similar to Scott Satterfield and U of L. Where I don't know, I, you know, I don't know how interested South Carolina was to begin with. I think Justin Fuente finished second in that Baylor coaching search, but a lot of Virginia Tech fans were like, "No, don't come back. You wanted to leave. You're you're out of here." And then I think Virginia Tech had to pay him though if they were going to fire him then. So I think they decided let's just keep him around, and we'll, it, it's not going to work out. Recruiting was starting to take a dive there, Roush for Virginia Tech and Justin Fuente. I think they just wanted to save some money by keeping them around for 2021. But this scene, the writing was on the wall here. Yeah, yeah, it was. And even after opening the season with a win over a top 10 North Carolina team, he 
too much damage was done. What was bizarre, though, is that they had a, a clause in his contract. And I think part of the reason why they kept him around for so long is that he has a $10 million buyout, and that buyout would drop to $7.5 million December 15th. However, December 15th is, what, three days before signing day? So uh, I, I think they were juggling, okay, do we wait and fire him after signing day and potentially get onto the coaching carousel late? Or do we do what LSU and everybody else did and just hop on board now? Um, so LSU, USC, Washington, Washington State, Virginia Tech. Yeah, Jimmy Lake got fired uh, recently. That's a, that's, a, that's a big job. And they, gosh, yeah. they fired – he had a cup of coffee and they fired him. That took, yeah. no time, that took no time at all for Washington to make a move there. There must have been some other stuff going on. Well, he they they, they had the him like punching the players and excuse. It wasn't really a punching like – but it was just enough to be like, all right, we're going to suspend you. Uh, but the he hasn't been recruiting well up there, and then he had all those remarks before the Oregon game that were just kind of weird. So uh, either way, the coaching carousel it's spinning fast, faster and faster. And I love that like the the agents are the real winners in all of this. And I was actually talking to uh, an attorney friend of mine over the weekend who he's he's thinking about dipping his toe into becoming an agent. Uh, but he's doing the kind of you know entry level grinding right now, uh, and he was talking with somebody else who was an agent. And the the philosophy, he's like, listen, being a player's agent, it stinks. It's the worst. It's an overrated job. But being a coach's agent, that's that's where the real money is because not only do you have the big bouts for your coaches not to work, but also you don't have to deal with all the bull crap. You know, guys getting in trouble family issues with players, all sorts of junk. But with coaches, so all you got to do is just call the wife. Say, hey, would you move to Athens, Georgia? If they say yes, then okay. Now we bring it up to the coach. If not, then she says no, then my job's done. I'll wait till the next opening comes up. So there's going to be some agents asking, hey, would you be open to moving to Blacksburg? And if it's a no, then they're off the list. That is interesting. Nice little insight look there. Yeah, peeling back the peel back in the curtain a little bit. Uh, does Scott Stotts leave for any of these jobs? The Duke job's opening up. They play Duke this weekend. Yep, and you know Thursday, what? They, if they got they got the wait, they play Thursday. I think so. Somebody was oh, telling wow. me that they got the Lamar Day bump. Maybe you get the David Cutcliffe bump. Could be. You know, did you see Satterfield's quote on on that too? By the way, it was really funny. No, what was it? Yeah, they asked him like. Yeah, you know, you grew up by there. Do you have any, like, re did you ever go to games? Were you a Duke football fan? And he said, uh, I, I want to get the direct quote because it was very funny. Um, I grew up right by Duke and went to every football game from the time I was 7 to 12 years old. I never really pulled for them, but we were just right there. <laughs> what was he doing at those football games from 7 to 12? I mean, I guess he was just like, well, you know, it's like I used to go to Holy Cross football games because they were just right there. And I was I guess I was a fan, but I didn't really care that much. I was just there to play football in the end zone. So maybe that was the case. Oh boy, closer to his parents, closer to the mountains. Watch hey, out, Blacks Uva. Blacksburg's in the mountains, too. You know, if you've all lost their football coach to Duke, boy, that would just be swell. Oh, man. That, that would, do Justin, go on. They do indeed play on Thursday. It's the only game on Thursday. Oh, yeah, wow. Duke's horrible. Louisville's going to kill them. But, uh, hey, Louisville gets an extra few days to prepare for the Cats. Wow. Good for them. 
All right, let's get Luke Fortner on. Let's go to a break. We'll come back. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, DJ Walker, Nick Roush, okay. Justin Halen, Luke Fortner coming up next. Can we go back? This is oh, the yeah. moment. Tonight Woo. is the night. We'll oh, yeah. fight till it's over. So we put our hands up like the ceiling can't hold us. Have a story, Have a story like about this song. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Yo. His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous. But on the surface, he's back to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. But he keeps up at 4.50 a.m. Oh, yeah, just the music going out of breaks. Again, the rejoins, I've never had an issue with Trevor on rejoins. Does a good job with them. Justin, mm-hmm. if you take over rejoins, I know you'll do a good job with them. Those are always funny, good. Uh, we had a little mom spaghetti coming in right here and there, but it's just the outro music. And then what do we what do we get on that last break going out? We get ceiling can't hold us, Roush. And you and I were just bobbing our heads, snapping our fingers. Gets us in the mood for a good yeah. show. Yeah. It, it, well, it's it's my my whole thinking when I was doing the music today. I was like, it's game day. I've got to play some jams that are going to pump these boys up. That's so. true. That's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna start teaching you more about the Kentucky centric songs. There um, you go. Do the John Wall. There's like a million different oh, John Wall raps, which are always good. Song. Teach we can about teach them about the Kentucky. Yeah, yeah that's, that's always a, that's a classic. A, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll get you. We'll. I'll get you in the. I'm gonna. If I get some free time today, Justin, I'm just gonna text you a million different YouTube songs. Deal. And you gotta you gotta listen to every one of them, and then you're gonna become a Kentucky fan. I'll listen to all of them today. Will not become a Kentucky fan. Mm-hmm. Nope, you got no. to. Well, uh, although some say I am a Kentucky fan when it comes to volleyball. Kentucky volleyball. Roush's wife, she was not happy with my U of L volleyball takes. No, she was not happy. And but you know, it, you think that I wanted? To, I meant to tell her this. It's like why would she should not care about my volleyball take, and she probably doesn't. But in the slightest, she shouldn't even give me the time of day to give right. me a reaction. I've watched three games. I've watched three <laughs> games. Like my my takes on U of L volleyball should should not be should not carry a lot of weight. I just watching the tournament last year. Watching UK play this year, watching the UK U of L game this year, I watched some of the U of L pick game as well. Um, I just think they're not as good as the Final Four teams last year. Thus, I don't think they're getting to the Final Four this year. That's all. That's all. It's just it was, a silly. It was, it's just a silly U of L volleyball take. When I was when I was telling her this before we sat down and had this conversation over lunch last week, she was like. What is that? I mean, she was just going on and on. Like, like, it was like she was ready to fight you. I loved oh, yeah. it. And we were watching a little bit of uh, them playing Notre Dame last night, and she was the Kentucky uh, fan uh, mad at the second half of the Vanderbilt game. Oh. She's like, oh, we're taking out all the starters now, and it's going to take forever to get the last three points. Now we don't even have any subs, and they're going to blow the freaking game. It was, it was pretty funny. It was a, it was an easy sweep. You tell her to to relax. I think U of L and Kentucky, they're 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 both they dominate their conference. So what next is uh, is the NCAA tournament? And with the way it's kind of setting up from a seed standpoint, I wouldn't be shocked if you see UK and U of L have to play each other in the tournament as well, which would be really really exciting. Could have similar. U of L UK baseball vibes back in I think what was that 2017? When was the last time Nick Mingione did um, something halfway decent? Man, back I, then I think it was a few few presidents ago. <sighs> Nick Mingione, don't even remind me that baseball season's coming up. 
Uh, let's not. We don't. We don't need to talk about it. But hey, the Reds had the NL Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India. I guess they're going to trade him. You know, probably they do. Yeah. Yep. Justin, no lo- luck on Luke Fortner. Uh, not quite yet. We had somebody at UK let us know that he was having phone issues, and Roush and I just kind of started scratching our heads. What does that mean? And we both <laughs> came to the conclusion: is the only time that we have phone issues is when we don't want to be on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, apparently it's not taking calls, so he's going to try to call us. Uh, oh, but yeah. I think it was just a classic case of he, you know, he's so old he couldn't see the buttons on his phone. You know, it's, that could be it tough. too. No, generally, yeah. if like you connect to the Wi-Fi or just move to a different area, uh, phones will find a way to work. But we know he's not dodging us. Yeah, yeah. He's not. You know, he's he's a good time, Charlie. He is I good think time, Charlie. I think we've had him on before, maybe once, but maybe not. I thought we did yeah, last, uh, last year or the year before. We could have. Uh, you know, it escapes me. I do remember we were on the forefront of the Terry. We were a, a Terry Touchdown OG radio show. Yes. Yeah, we had him on. That was a good time as well. Uh, so if we get Luke on, we will let you all know. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. Download that Thornton's app. And shout out to Kelly Leonardo and Alex Cupper. We appreciate Thornton's. You will, too, because if you download that app, you're going to save a few cents each and every time you fill up. Roush, during our daily double that we normally do between the first and second hour, I could run up to a Thornton's and be back in studio by the time, if need be. Uh, they're yeah. everywhere. They're, they're, they're convenient, and they're trying to get you to save some money. So that's why we love Thornton's. You will as well. A texter here, 502-414-1450, says, Really, what fans are mad about on Saturday is how 90% of fans are degenerates and love to gamble, including myself having a 50 pop on the spread. And the Cats played a horrid in the second half, not covering when covering the whole game. Fans are pissed about not putting teams to sleep when we should. Yeah, but you should know that before you put your 50 pop on the spread. Yeah, but like, like they, they that's like, on you. That's a you like, problem. It looked like an easy cover. It looked like it wasn't even gonna. You weren't even gonna have to sweat it out. And then you get outscored fourteen to three. It, Best, hey, just first half lines. That's what you do. That's probably what I'll do against New Mexico State. I was disappointed with the second half, but I, I understand the situation and the circumstances. Just got to beat Louisville. Got to beat Louisville, and we won't care. You don't beat Louisville, that second half against Vandy is gonna get brought up again. It just will, whether fair or not. Oh, it, so, and it's also like totally something we're going to be forgetting about too, pretty soon. Like it's, they lose to Louisville, oh, oh. I know that I know the narrative. If Kentucky loses Louisville, they won't. They'll win, but it'll be like that Georgia game. Ever since then, it was just a slow leak of like, right, yeah, yeah, of disinterest of whatever it may be, and whatever whatever excuses are going to be flying. But um, they're not, they they really should not lose to Louisville. Kentucky is much better. Kentucky is a much better football team. They have much better players. I think they were better coached and they're in a better position to win the game. So anything that anything besides that would be not good for Stoops in UK. And we'd call it as such. I, I think I know one person who agrees that Kentucky is much better than Louisville is the Kentucky center, the middle, the anchor of the big blue wall, our good friend Luke Fortner now joining us. Luke, I'm glad you got your phone situation figured out. Um, I hope, did you did you try to use a rotary phone and it didn't work? What what was? Uh, I hope you got your problem fixed. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Nick. Uh, I appreciate you having me on and being very nice and everything. 
Yes, I will keep my old jokes to this first one. So you've got senior day coming up. Uh, what's the what are the seniors? What are what are they? What's the feeling, the vibe going into this game? Because you you've done senior day before, running it back. That's right. That's right. You know the seniors are really excited. We're really excited. I know. I told them that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a pass and let all the other seniors walk because I've I've done it before. And so I'll, I'll let them have their, their shining moment like I did last year and, you know, give them the glory because they deserve it. I'm, I'm curious, too, going into a, a game like this. Uh, it's New Mexico State. Where do you try to keep the – as an experienced veteran, where do you try to keep the team morale, the team spirit? To, how do you keep everybody locked in for – uh, an opponent like this when it is a big occasion for a lot of guys who are playing in their last game at Kroger Field? Yeah, I think it's hard, and I think the fact that it's senior night helps a lot because now everyone has that extra motivation to play for those seniors, and it's not just we're going to play New Mexico State, you know what I mean, which should be motivation enough, but everyone knows that sometimes it's hard to get up for those games. But when you have the seniors playing their last game at home, it's easy for those younger guys and when I was in that situation, you just wanted to play for those older seniors and, you know, send them out the right way. So it'll be good to have that extra motivation Saturday. Luke, TJ Walker here. We appreciate you joining us on Kentucky Roll Call. You've been in the U.K. football program since 2016, which uh, was a yep. year that, if I don't remember correctly, I think Lamar fumbled. You all got a win down at U of L. Yep. How has the U.K. football program changed since 2016 to this senior day 2021 well that's the year we lost to southern miss at home so uh i think that's really all that needs to be said you know that wow. that year was the we went seven and five and and went to a bowl game and ever since then we've been to a bowl game you know what i mean so that, that's how the program's turned around and now you've got people disappointed that we're not you know 11 and one and they should be and i just think that's the most uh telling indicator of where the program's at is when I first got here, we lost to Southern Miss at home, and, and now we're really pissed off that we're, you know, hopefully only going to be 93. That, that's, a, that, that's, a crazy <laughs> way to, that's a crazy way to put it, and it does kind of show the perspective yeah. of how much the program has changed. Do you think, if you think back to that 2016 senior class, and they were maybe the ones that really got the ball rolling, but when you just look across the board, the, the level, the caliber of player, that you see in the weight room, that you see in the film room, that you see in practice, whether across from you or right next to you, do you think the caliber of players across the board, 70 to 80 deep, has changed within the five seasons that you've been at UK? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the, the players that when I first got here, I, none of them were bad players. They were all uh, really skilled and really passionate. But just in terms of physically, you know, the way they came into the program – like, you have people coming into the program now that look like the seniors five years ago, you know. Um, and that's just the, wow. the type of recruits that Coach Stoops has been able to get. And the way that they approach the weight room has been completely different. And I'd say that's one of the most improved areas is what Coach Ed and Coach Hill have done in the weight room is just, um, you know, building our capacity for playing these big games as compared to, you know, maybe five or six years ago. You know, these guys come in and, 
you know, they're good to play three or four games, but by the time you get to games five and six, you know what I mean, they're, they're kind of dropping off. So I think Coach Ed and Coach Hill have done a great job in that respect, and, and I do think there's a difference in just players you see coming through. One of those players who's coming through, highly tattered recruit, Mark Soup says Jagger Burns probably going to get some snaps playing next to you at right guard on Saturday because, you, you know, some guys are dinged up. Uh, Eli's out for the year. Austin Dotson and Quentin Wilson are dealing with some stuff. So what can you tell us about Jagger's game and what what he's been doing throughout his, his true freshman season? Jagger has been working his butt off in practice. And when you watch him play, you know, I, I wish that I looked like that as a freshman because I know what I looked like as a freshman. It goes back to TJ's last question about uh, the caliber of players that come through. And if you look at, you know, myself freshman year, I mean, if I got out there, I would just, I don't even know what I'd do. I wouldn't do very well. I know that. But I really believe that when Jagger gets out there, he's going to, you know, he's going to he's gonna play really well. I think he's going to play a good ball, and I'm excited to excited to have him next to me and, and to see what he can do because he's a really good player. And, uh, you know, I won't say too much before he, he goes out there himself, but I am really, really excited to see what he does. We're talking with fifth-year senior Luke Fortner here whoa, on sixth-year, sixth-year. Sorry, yeah, hard, geez. hard. Uh, I was just trying to just trying to make him feel a little younger, Roush. All right, just <laughs> trying you. to make him feel a little bit younger. Uh, you are right about that. But how's the mechanical engineering going, Luke? <laughs> it's good. I've uh, I've you know picked up and moved on to uh, my MBA in business, so I'm working Wait, on that what? right now and. You go for yeah, is that I, like uh, a is that a normal path for people to make go from mechanical engineering to an MBA in business or was this like a change of heart or is this I, is this how I it works I've been out of college have, a very long time Luke <laughs> I think people who have six years of college uh, probably have a little different path than most people I've, I've been lucky <laughs> enough to to have my pick of options and you know I wanted to to do something that wasn't really that wasn't one hundred percent engineering just in case you know when it's all over that. You know, I want to pursue something else. And what that is, I have no idea, but uh, I'm ready. <laughs> In short, TJ, Luke is a nerd, okay? That's, that's really <laughs> what it right. comes down to. <laughs> yep. Roush, I know you're a big goober, but to say that to a six foot six, 300-pound-plus offensive lineman, you, you've got some stones, buddy, and you're the one interviewing him in person. I, won't, I can say whatever I want. Probably won't see him anytime soon except the senior day at the Krogue, but uh, you, you've got some stones, Roush. Hey, it's okay. Luke knows it's, it's all out of love. I do have a, a football nerd question to ask you, though, Luke, because uh, you know yeah. the X's and O's as well as anybody. And Mark Stoops was asked last night kind of, we, we talked a lot going in this season about playing some wide outside zone stuff, and that hasn't always, uh, you know, that hasn't been a part of the game plan a ton. Where do you think – what's what been off when outside zone has been run, and what do you think has to be done to, to get better at, at that kind of running scheme? Yeah, I think what we're going to need is just, you know, when next spring rolls around is – all those reps that we tried to get this spring, but you, you had it mixed in with learning a whole new offense. You know what I mean? So, like, to, to do what this offense has done right now with only having, you know, spring practice and then fall camp to get it in is very impressive. I mean, you think about the offense before this. I mean, we spent five, five seasons and off seasons running it. You know what I mean? And had it down perfectly. 
now imagine what we can do once we have this Coach Cohen's offense in for two, three seasons and off seasons. Now next spring when guys come in, you know, it's not like all the returners aren't going to have to sit there and learn, relearn the new plays. They're going to get to run the plays they already know into different looks, into, you know, different things our defense is doing, and learn just the little nuances and wrinkles that come along with it that we didn't get to go over, you know, this off season and this fall camp because we were so worried about, you know, what is this play called? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how do we run it against the most basic stuff out there and get ready to run it against the SEC? Whereas now next year, they're going to be able to really dive into the details, really relearn the fundamentals and techniques to make it go. Because this year, you know, we fell back on the inside zone because we've done it for so long. And, you know, most of the time it's working. Um, and so having that outside zone as an option has been good for us in terms of switching it up, you know, keeping the defense on their heels. And I think once you see a whole nother off season of it, you're really going to see it come to life in the next couple of years. Great stuff from Luke Fortner. One more question from me and then Roush may have a follow-up, but you, you, in that, the, the future UK football bright, it's, People like you that have been in the program so long have seen to that, and that's exciting even when you're gone. That's a, a good thing to look forward to, this offense continuing to grow and develop and be not just one-dimensional, but be able to attack in a variety of ways. SEC takes a lot out of teams, and Ural's SEC slate is done. Kentucky won't play another SEC football team until September 20 of 22. How much you all still have left in the tank? I know senior day, that's a that's enough to get up for, playing for your seniors, as you mentioned earlier in this interview. And then the Governor's Cup, the second game, uh, it seems like in the Supes era there's been no issues getting up for that game. But I'd imagine this stretch of games, I think almost all but one in a row, eight SEC games except one in a row, uh, that's a lot. Uh, how much is left in the tank for this U.K. football team? Two regular season games remain and then a bowl game. Yeah, I think we have plenty left in the tank. I think you look at, um, obviously that was a tough stretch there with those eight SEC games, but I think now that, you know, we, we beat Vanderbilt and we're going to beat New Mexico State this week, and I think it's going to be a perfect lead-up to the Governor's Cup. And obviously you don't want to look forward and look past New Mexico State because, you know, we didn't exactly handle business against Chattanooga. But I think with senior night, you're going to have guys ready to play this week. And I think next week, like you said, we have no problems getting up for the Governor's Cup. And, you know, we're going to come out ready to play. And they are, too. You know, they've, they've had a, an interesting season, and they've gotten really hot as of late. And so, you know, it's going to be a good game. I'm excited. And I think you're going to see a lot of players uh, come with their best of, of all season. You know what I mean? It's all going to culminate in, in this last game for a lot of people. Uh, Slacks is going to give you a kiss on the forehead for that answer. You respected New Mexico State, <laughs> but you still touched on the fact that you're excited for the Governor's Cup. That is well done. That's somebody right. that's been in the program thank for 15 you. years. Yeah, thank <laughs> oh, you. I like that. I like that. One shot across the bow. Uh, my, my parting question, and I know, like TJ said, there's still more games to be played, but when you think about your time at Kentucky, what is the first kind of memory? I, I'm sure there's plenty of strolling down memory lane today. There's a lot of reminiscing going into senior day. But just what, what is the first one that comes to mind when you think about your time at Kentucky? I think the first memory that comes to my mind about my time at Kentucky is probably – all right, I got three for you. I got the Citrus Bowl okay. win over Penn State. That was that awesome. One. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when I got kicked out of the Louisville game on PAT. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. And then, I, th- uh, I don't think we remember the the. De- you might need to share some details from that because I don't know if I remember you getting kicked out of the Louisville game. I remember that. Ha- yeah. I didn't know you were one of them though. I remember that. It was really weird. Yeah. Can you tell that briefly? Oh, it, it was at Louisville. It wasn't the one with Lamar Jackson. It was at Louisville. Um, and we were we were up big. And this is 2018 game, 56 to 10 thrashing. Yes, yes. And we were up big, and I just, I don't know, I just hit the guy in the face, and the ref threw me out, <laughs> and it was so funny because Swarman was like, <laughs> Swarman was like, wait. Luke, <laughs> and no one, really, no one was like. Everyone was so surprised, and I was like, "Yeah, sorry." And, and Coach Stoops got after, got after me for for getting thrown out of the game so late, and you know, putting the big lead on the line. But I don't know why, but that'll that'll probably always stick with me. And then do you still get cigars and to play with the trophy. Not to interrupt your third point, but when you get kicked out of a Governor's Cup, do you still get to celebrate with the team, or do you have to like sit in the corner? Oh yeah, I got to come back out. You know, I got to come back out and okay. celebrate. I just okay. had to go to the for the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Sorry, then, continue. My bad. No, you're good. Then the last one would probably be uh, last year, my senior night or my first senior night against uh, South Carolina, wearing sixty-five for Coach Larman and, and just kicking their butt last year. Oh man, great stuff! I totally I. I... I completely forgot you got thrown out of the Louisville game. Don't don't get thrown out of the Louisville game this year, Luke. Okay, take our advice. I won't. I won't. Uh, I got you. Okay, good. We appreciate it. Hey, yeah, and en- yeah, and enjoy your second senior night. I'm sure it it might not be your fourth best memory, uh, but we we hope <laughs> it's a memorable one. We hope it's a a fun win Saturday at Kroger Field, and uh, the Big Blue Nation can't wait to send you off uh, with with the win. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Luke Porter. Yeah, thanks a lot, Luke. That was a lot of fun. Still a ton to play for these final three games of the season. You've got the Big Blue Nation supporting you. Uh, not, I don't know if there's anybody more fun to talk to on the UK football team than Luke Fortner. We thank him for coming on. This is Kentucky Roll Call. Normally, we'd like to take a break after an interview, but we're just going to wrap up this text line, Roush, and finish the show. How's that sound? That sounds like a great time to me. Uh, man, I totally forgot he got kicked out of the Louisville game. That is so funny. <laughs> I, I, I remember Kentucky. I thought Kentucky got a couple people kicked out. And I'm not thinking about the fight, but I thought it was more than just one. But maybe I'm thinking of the UofL, the crumb guy who got kicked out of the game. Yeah. Forcibly. But I just remember more people got that people got kicked out of that game. I had not remembered that it was Luke Fortner, though, on UK who had gotten. <laughs> That's so funny. Because if you think about oh, it, punching like, somebody in the face. He's like the last person I would think of to punch somebody in the face. Oh man, that's great. Because <laughs> if you think about it, you got the twenty six. The wait, so the twenty fourteen game was the fight on the field with yeah. Bobby Petrino. Twenty fifteen right. was UK got up big and, and blew that game. Oh, no. Twenty sixteen was the fumble game. 2017 was the UK trash can game. That was the trash can, yeah. Not our finest moment in the rivalry. 2018, Luke Fortner's punching people in the face on the field, uh, getting kicked out of the game. Kentucky's running up the score. Uh, 2019. 2019, there was no fights because UofL had the tum-tums. Yeah. Oh, the always hurt. Well, no, they didn't have them until they lost, and then they had them. Oh, and then it was complaining about L's down, though, too. There's always – there's drama in this game, folks. It's It's – 
it's probably more of an underrated rivalry because the scores have been so lopsided as of late, including the 2017 L big win. But there's the, the storylines in this stuff is hilarious. Man, big it fan. really is. Yeah, and you mentioned the, the 2015 ball in a big lead. That was when Josh Forrest threw the football out of the Kroger field. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny. Oh, oh God man. bless this rivalry. God man. bless this rivalry. Kentucky needs to beat them by a million, though. Yeah, by a million points. In all seriousness, no, a texture says on the Thornton sex on Mike Cunningham and his leg worries me a little when we play U of L. Our defense better. Uh, nut up because I think they can put up points and the game will be somewhat close. Um, yeah, Malik with his legs is dangerous. And then if you break one or two tackles with the secondary that Kentucky's got, I'm really nervous. Malik uh, hasn't really progressed a ton as a thrower in his career at UofL. Was actually like, was got fans excited for his deep ball early on in his career. Still can throw a deep ball, just a little inconsistent with being able to connect on it. And I think the level of wide receiver play at UofL has gone down a little bit, although they've had some guys step up this year that have done some good things. All that being said, I, I think that he's not going to have a lot of time, though, to be able to figure out his rushing lanes, where to go. Kentucky's going to get back there, and, and they're going to make and they're going to get some hits on him. And uh, it's going to be a di- it's going to be different than what he's been used to for most of this season. Oh man, just need to beat the snot out of him. Maybe maybe let them do something embarrassing in this one. It'd be fun. Yeah. Like lose by a thousand. They've been doing that a lot lately. Hey, what do you all think the spread will be for UK UofL? Kind of smelling a UK given three points type of game. Yeah, I'd guess anywhere from like three to five, but I'm I'm yeah. almost certainly going to be hammering Kentucky regardless of what the number is. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it does feel like a I think three and a half at the lowest and five and a half or six at the highest. Yeah, so. I, I still think Kentucky should win by two scores. Yeah, they'll they'll I, they'll probably make it larger just to try to get some action on the other side. I, uh, I don't know. I, I think they value. I don't. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. We'll find From out. Trevor, too. music listener here, old though, forty-seven. I fear that you youngsters will play mumble rap and newer stuff that nobody likes. No, we're old too. Texas. We're old souls. We just don't yeah. like old bad music. That's well, and, right. the, Us. and the good thing is, is I'm not a big mumble rap guy. Period. So. I mean, yeah. there will be some mumble rap. There's Absolutely. No Absolutely. We will have some mumble rap. One on the outro. And 47's not old, Texture. Come on, buddy. Yeah, 47's the new 37. That's what they say. That's what they say. Thanks for texting. We'll make sure. And then maybe some days we'll just do text requests. Texters pick the music. Why the hell not? You guys dictate the show with your text anyways. May as well let you have a music day here and there. Yeah. Something Trevor never lets you all do. <laughs> Texture I'll let says, it happen. Way to go outside of your comfort zone on that Reed Shepard comparison, Terry. I know Roush actually doesn't make racial comparisons, so yeah, I just I also just don't have a good comp for Reed Shepard. I mean, maybe Brandon Knight because he's a scoring point guard, but there's not like and and Reed's probably about Knight's size. I think Knight was six four though, and Reed's about six two. So I don't I don't really have a, a good one just yet because he's he's he does fit that scoring point guard mold. Well, I generally like to make comparisons in the UK world because that is a lot easier for people to understand and it's easier for me to make generally because I know UK players better than I know just national players on a whole. But I, it, it sucks that they're both white in this instance, but I think Tyler Hero is a fair comparison for a freshman expectation of Shepard. 
I think some folks think Shepard may hang around, though. And then if you talk about a sophomore, well, I mean, imagine a sophomore Tyler Hero, probably one they, of the better players in college basketball. So, yeah. And they also have the like part of the comparison is about where they were ranked. I mean, Hero was what, like mid 30s recruit? Too. That's probably where Shepard's going to turn out. And you didn't, uh, unlike, you know, Hero didn't have a ton of expectations come in, but he, he did shoot. He scored well. And we we're like, well, I don't know if he can play defense. And he figured out defense about halfway through the season. So um, you hope that Shepard comes in with that that mindset as well to to steadily improve throughout his, his time at Kentucky. Texter says, John here. Good morning to all. Gosh, hot dog crazy. The NFL has been nuts this year. I've been real busy night tonight. I've got bowling for my league, and it's during the Aces and Kentucky game. Do I have the right to hold up the game on occasion when I'm watching the game in the bar, or do I just have to watch them on delay? Either way, aces by 15-plus, catch by 30-plus. Well, got to go talk to you later. Saw video, John, he was bowling with his son on his back, but his son's, I think, like 14 years old. Yeah, he did a a YouTube. It was crazy YouTube video. Wacky John doing crazy things. Uh, Bowled a game with his son. He was piggybacking his son during the game. Wild stuff. Hmm. I, I didn't watch the whole video, but I saw the gist of it to know that that's what was going on. The so guys of it. Maybe more, maybe more details there. I, I would say you don't want to hold up your bowling league for UK, Mount St. Mary's, and Evansville yeah. versus whoever the Purple Aces are playing. Yeah, so uh, would... maybe you just record it or just watch it when you can, but you don't, you don't want to be that person holding up the game. Or you, uh, I don't know if this bowling alley has Wi-Fi, but you know you can always just. Pop the iPad up and yeah, have it have it on your lane, you know. I've wanted to do an adult bowling league. Haven't haven't done it though. I think the thing is just the commitment to it. Yeah, like, but like the, you make the commitment. There, bada boom, bada bing. You make the commitment. Yeah, but uh, most league things like I'm good for like a month, but eight, ten weeks, yeah, I'm out. You know. Well, 10, 10 weeks of anything is getting up there. I mean, this volleyball league I've been in has been going on since April, and I'm ready for it to end. Uh, not really, but it seems like it's been going on. 10 weeks, yeah. But make it just like a little two-month commitment. Hey, Thursday nights, two months. You got it. This is what you're doing. If you miss one or two, not the end of the world, but for the right. most part, plan on showing up. It's not too not too bad. No, no, not, not too bad at all. Have fun, John. That's most important. Yeah, that's the most important. Uh, TC from Lexington texts in, I'm taking my five-year-old daughter to her first UK game tonight. Shout out Scarlett. Proud da- dad moment for sure. Any tips for her first cat's experience? Ice cream. Appreciate it. Ice cream. Get her ice cream second you get in there. Mm-hmm. Get her ice cream. And if you don't get it the second you get in there, the line's going to be absolutely ridiculous. So get the ice cream early on. That way you can actually enjoy the game. And then any tips for a first cast? I mean, I would just show up early. And, yeah. Because you can go early. down by the court, you know, and you can see the players. The right, right, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, get there early, and that way you can do enough work where maybe you can actually watch, like, the first half in peace. And then after that, you know, the game's going to be out of hand anyway. So have fun, TC from Lexington. That sounds awesome. Scarlett, you have a great time as well. We need to hear a report back. And we always love pictures on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page, too. So have fun, TC from Lexington. Go Cats. Any credence to Freddie say that Rodriguez possibly coming back for another year? I so think I Freddie hinted at that. Yeah, and I think so because the fumbles. Um, I was having a talk with Luckett um, probably before the Tennessee game. We were hanging out the tailgate lot, and he's like, you know, the fumbles are going to be a non-starter for a lot of NFL teams. They're just going to see that and they're going to say, eh, sorry, like we, no, not, not even going to take a chance on him. So 
it could be enough to where he doesn't get the feedback he wants to hear. He basically didn't even make a decision last year. Like it, it, it was, he did not even think about it and then immediately went to, uh, was ready to come back. So he's going to have to have a decision to make. And I think there's a possibility, but I, I, I you know, I, I'm not sure. I, and, and it might be a thing too, where hell, uh, not saying that Kentucky's going to push him out the door, but you know, if they want to do more of that outside zone stuff, I don't know if Chris is, if that's his cup of tea, or maybe he wants to come back and prove that it is his cup of tea. So he's certainly going to have a decision to make that there is no doubt about it. And I think it's, it's definitely at least on the table. Well, and the thing that kind of worries me is we got to, you got to have in the back of your mind. What if he just says, I'm, I'm going to go to Wisconsin for my final year. They, they play more, you know, like that could happen around. It could happen yeah. with the, a lot of these guys. I think Kentucky's got a good culture to not, to not have that be a concern with all of our star players. But if he's mm-hmm. thinking, do I come back to Kentucky for one final year? Do I go pro? Or, you know, maybe I just go get a new change of scenery one fun year somewhere else. I would love him back at UK. That'd be huge. He'd break so many records. It'd be exciting. Yeah, It'd yeah. Be fun. He could break Benny's and, record, man. It'd be within and reach. Have, and you'd at least say, listen, we know we feel solid about our rushing attack. We've got a punishing runner back there. Yeah, turnover is a little bit of a concern, but that'd be great. I'd love it if it happens. I'm not banking on it. I, it'll be a pleasant right. surprise right. if it does happen for me, but I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on it, no doubt about it. My wife legit thought Trevor was fired based on the Facebook post. I told her, huh, not yet. Well, I mean, the, he hasn't the thing been on the is, show for months. He's been off our show for months. And he's never getting fired from Big X because he is a huge part of the Big X. We just didn't like some of his crappy music. That's all. If he hasn't got fired by now, he won't. Yeah. Yeah. So you tell your wife, buddy, not to worry. He's Teflon tough. If Fortner doesn't go pro, can he draw Social Security? Great question. We should have asked him. Yeah. That's on us, listeners. We we messed up. Should have asked him, but left that one on the table. I'll shoot him a message and see what he has to say. All right, last text. Shepard reminds me of Patrick Sparks, but also Scott Padgett and Rex Chapman. Gritty player, first in the gym, last out. A real Ooh, coach's player. You, you forgot about his dad, too, Jeff Shepard. Like, mm-hmm. re- really, really missed the boat on that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, he really reminds me of this former cat, Jeff Shepard, if you're familiar. <laughs> I think that's the best That's the best comparison we can go for. All right, everybody, have a great Tuesday. Thanks again to eighth-year senior Luke Fortner for hopping on Kentucky Roll Call and joining us. And get, got me excited for these next three games and the future UK football, talking about how much better this offense can grow and, and, and improve. Good stuff all around. You'll want to listen to that interview on podcast. Roush, Justin, you guys have a great Tuesday, okay? You too, buddy. Yeah. Let's go, Cats. Beat the hell out of Mount St. Mary's. Covering yeah. Cats, baby. We're back. Cats by 40 again is my guess. but uh, 36 for me. Okay. Okay, Justin? Not as optimistic. I'll go, yeah, I'm not as optimistic either. I'll go like 32. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Turned into a Mount St. Mary's show. All right, all seriousness. We'll see you on Wednesday. This is Kentucky Roll Call. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party. My partner, my partner, my other 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 partner